What's up, everyone, and welcome to another Jets episode on the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Sam Darnold is back, our wide receivers are healthy, and the Jets are still winless, baby. So today we're going to continue our road to the number one pick by previewing the Jets-Dolphins and, of course, the Jaguars-Browns. Alex, what's for etc.? What's going on, John? And you know it's for etc. We're going to go down the week 11, 12, 12 slate. It's week 12 slate. So let's go down the week 12 slate of games that we like. And we're going to ask you to give uh, some of your top key games to bet on. All right. All right. Yeah. And uh, I think for et cetera, et cetera, we'll also have, uh, we'll go over some questions like um, who's going to win the NFC East? Uh, who's the team to beat in the AFC? And Alex, we, you were laughing about it last week. So we're going to ask you about it this week. Is Taysom, him, is Taysom Hill real? Right? You were laughing about it. Jameis first Taysom. So we'll get into that. Man, all right. All right, let's go, right? What's up, everyone? Welcome back for your Thanksgiving meals. Welcome to another Jets episode on the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. As always, I'm joined by my main man, Alex. What's good, man? How are you? What's going on, John? Happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to our listeners. Happy Thanksgiving to Jets Nation. And I didn't say at the beginning of this week for the Jet for the Knicks podcast, but happy Thanksgiving to Knicks Nation as well. So I hope everyone is home, safe with their loved ones, their families, getting ready to eat up some turkey. If you don't like turkey, maybe you like some chicken like my family does. But I hope everyone's doing well and getting ready to enjoy this weekend. And by the time you hear this podcast, we've gone through that Thursday game slate. So hopefully it's been a good Thursday, Thanksgiving day of football, too. Yeah, man. Um, we're ready to go. Like, uh, it, it's it's becoming real, dude. Like, it's, a, it's Thanksgiving's over. Christmas is right around the corner, which means that the season's about done. Like, playoffs are shaping up. And guess what, man? Guess what? We still have no wins. We have not won one single game this entire year, which is so depressing. But also makes me happy at the same time. Yeah, it it makes me happy because, like, you know, the inevitable number one pick is almost in our hands, right? It's it's within reach. Um, so I guess, <laughs> you know, that's one thing to be thankful for on this day. But right. You know, Keep positivity, Alex. Keep up the positivity. <laughs> But I would like to see, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I always root for the team to win. I said that on the last podcast, and I'll stay true, stay true to that. I always want to see this team win. That will make me happy. But just what? One. Just yeah, one. Just <laughs> one. Just one. I just want one. I want Jacksonville to go on a crazy winning streak for the rest of this. That's why we're also Duval Nation over here too for the rest of the season. But Jets <laughs> Nation first and first and foremost. Yeah, man. But before we even get into actual football. Jets, Jets Nation does not disappoint, man. We're sitting here, right? We can't get a damn win. We have Joe Flacco and Frank Gore starting. We have Adam Gase as our head coach and Greg Williams as our D coordinator. Like, like Logan's is our O coordinator. Like those, that's, that's what's really happening right now. <laughs> like those are our real players, right? But the news of the day and what we're all talking about is our beat writers. So, I mean, shout out to Charles McDonald, previously of the Daily News, um, who's now on For the Win. Shout out to him for uh, kind of taking all the employer 
nonsense that you could possibly think of. Like, just shout out to him for being able to just, like, harness all that and, like, not have that affect his current employment or, you know, or, like, his, his future or, like, even the team, right? Like, if he blew this up, like, while he was on the team, while he was a beat writer, like... It, like, it would have been national story. It would have been, like, a whole thing about how the Jets media is such a problem, how the Jets organization, why would anyone come here? Just, like, keep, keep like, that narrative going. So, shout out to him. But, man, oh, man, like, we are not surprised at all, Alex. Like, I, I know in our conversations, we've had this pinned down to the exact, like, almost to the T about what's been going on in the New York Daily News with Manish Mehta. So, for you guys who don't know... Um, he, he is a very, very pessimistic, uh, Jets writer. One of those quote unquote New York media guys that everyone, you know, worries about. Calling him pessimistic is being, is being quite kind, by the way. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he, he's, he's a thorn in, uh, everyone's side for the most part. Um, but anyway, this year with the new regime, with Joe, everything really like hit the fan. Once the GM changed uh, and McCagnan left and Adam Gase took over, fired some scouts, it seemed to be his plugs into, this, into the organization. Manish was pissed. So he just had a complete vendetta against Gase since then. Um, and so much so, it got so personal that even us hating Adam Gase and hating the coach and hating what he's doing to our team, we were still like, yo, Manish, you are... You are OD right now. You're taking it too far to the point where the Jets even took away uh, his credentials. And, like, crazy stories, like, came out after that. But what was cool um, was Charles McDonald was the one going to the games, going to the – with the credentials, going to the press conferences. And Manish Mehta was emailing him, telling him what to ask and, like, threatening him. And what honestly what blows my mind, Alex, and why I, like, really wanted to talk about like, who cares about the drama? But I just cannot believe that a journalist for, quote-unquote, for the New York Daily News could legitimately think that writing an article in the paper saying, a column in the paper saying that Logan Ryan and the Jets are interested in a multi-year, multi-million dollar deal was somehow... a. So the, to think that that somehow affected the Jets actually signing him, like, blows my mind. Like, bl- really blows my mind. Like, that means he's not on this planet. Like, he he is literally not – he's not one of us. He's literally not on this planet, man. How can you actually think that and, like, want your your employee to ask that and put that in writing to your in an email and say, yo, ask that. Ask that during a press conference. Ask the GM that. Dude, it's wild. And to even think that – that just tells you how much of an ego he has to think that anything that he writes, anything that he asks, that it would affect the Jets organization and how they construct their team. Like, really? You think that the way that <laughs> you, you think the way that you write a piece is really going to affect what Joe Douglas does in free agency is actually the, the key part of why Logan Ryan did not come to the New York Jets? Bro, you got to you got to be a little bit more realistic and down to earth with who you are and what you are as a person and what you think and what this writing does. No, your writing is not going to affect how who signs what to prove you right or wrong or whatever. No, no one's going to give up the the sake of making a team better just based on what the daily writes. Like 
Let's be real. But on top of that, the crazy thing for Manish Mehta is that Manish Mehta is that he was following Joe Douglas around at his son's baseball game. Yo, the G like Joe Douglas is available for throughout the season. He works around the clock. The NFL GM is a is a hardworking position. There is no time off. And the time that he wants time off to go enjoy his son's little league game, Manish Mehta is there pressing him on questions about the Jets. Yo, like, what are you doing, bro? And the fact that you even start sending texts of, like, the description of what the kid's eating for ice cream, too, on trying to, like, get this dude. Yo, relax, man. Like, you, you are doing way too much to try to do, like, you're not even doing your job. Like, you're, now you're just being, uh, you're being a stalker. You're being invasive into someone's, like, downtime and, like, peace. That's not, that's not right. And the fact that you are, like, even following Chris Johnson into the elevator, you're trying to, like, stage like uh, a meeting where you'll, you'll, you won't write any more negative press about Adam Gase if you guys bury the hatchet. And you, it's like, what are you, like, why are you threatening on how you cover the team? Like, that's not even journalism. That's just, at that point, you're just blackmailing just to get what you want because you want a connection with Adam Gase because what, he, he didn't like the way you were covering the team? Well, guess what? Do a better job covering the team. That's, Honestly, I, I don't like the way – since since I was really starting to get, dive into the Daily News when he was covering uh, Rex Ryan, Mark Sanchez era team, I did not like it. It it is it has been nothing but negative writing about the team. It is, it is all these like hit pieces of just to like get you to click and just like put you up in arms and just to like make you go crazy. Dude, like it, it, I, it, it is great that Charles McDonald just went out and was like, yo – I've been commuting four hours to go to practice, and then I, he doesn't even get the credit for saying, you know, Charles McDonald saw this, you know, he, nowhere in that piece. And instead, you see what's even crazier is that the Daily News allows Manish Mehta to put his his face in the center of this piece, acting like he saw this entire thing when we know, when we know that you don't have the credentials to go there anymore. That's wild. So we don't even give the credit to the guy who's on the ground floor doing it. That's just wild to me, man. That's the wildest part. Yeah, man. And like, you know, it, it, it sort of it gives some sort of perspective into what the Jets fans like go through. All right. I know like I, 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 we don't need like a sympathy tour or like a like a victim tour, but like that's why we are the way that we are and like why we know our players so well, why we have to like be sort of like borderline obsessed with like all our transactions and like who, who's in our front office and like who is writing which article and who it's about, right? Like, we actually have to, like, manage all those things because, like, once an article comes out and then my phone starts blowing up about, like, how, like, you know, Sam Darnold's now the worst quarterback ever, you got to see who wrote it. You know what I mean? That be- Because of this reason. We're not being super cynical and, like, we're, it's not, like, same old Jets because, to be honest with you, what makes me so proud about this whole situation is that Joe Douglas – and someone like Charles McDonald and, you know, I guess we'll mention her, like Erica Isola, who's the one that brought up all, like, you know, the Joe Douglas kid allegations, right? She's a producer for EA Sports and Madden. She's the one that um, brought that to light. Like, shout out to them. Like, it's a new era. Like, we're just so sick of it, dude. We're just so sick of it. And we're not having any more of it. Like, the Jets are going through it and the Knicks are going through it. We're just so sick of, like, all the old stuff. It's just, we're done. Like, the media, like, we know you guys are still lingering around. But, like, we're – and, like, I'm going to quote Nolan J. Trump uh, from uh, Twitter. Like, drain the swamp, man. Like, we actually are, like, draining this swamp. Like, if 
if Manish Mehta is gone and like we lost a good one in Charles McDonald as a sacrifice, like I'm good with it. I'm happy. Um, how they're handling it, like that, like the Jets manager that like took away his credentials and like how they're managing it. And on top of that, I'm really glad about how they're drafting. And we're about to get into that, but like, I'm like, I'm so happy with like how, um, I know we're, I know we're, I know we're winless and I know it's hard to stay positive, but man, oh man, like, of course, there's, there's nowhere to go but up. But I really think that we are projecting to be a, a pretty good team in the next two years, man. I agree with you. And look, man, I, if you want to be positive about this, look, it's Thanksgiving. Manish Mehta just got dragged through the mud. The New York Daily News did not come out to protect him, which says a lot. I'm telling you, like, you you go out, like, the publication would go out on Twitter. They'd issue a statement. They'd do something that they want to protect him. I'm sure they're aware of this BS as well that he's that he's been committing throughout the years. So, you know, be thankful for that, Jets fans. Be thankful for that a terrible beat writer, and I will say terrible beat writer, is who's done terrible things, who has been invasive, from what we're finding out, we can all come together as a Jets community and be happy about that on Thanksgiving, all right, and this weekend. So be happy for that. And hold on, just shout out to Charles McDonald. I hope you do great things going forward. All right, bro. If we ever run, in, if we ever run into you through a pass, like, dude, I'll buy you a drink, bro. I'll buy you, I'll buy you two, three drinks, whatever you want, bro. I will do that because thank you for dragging Manish Meta. Through the mud. Thank you. That is the greatest gift for Thanksgiving. I can just say that. Yeah, man. You definitely have two uh, fans on the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And uh, we we hope you... Uh, we really wish you well on uh, grabbing those PS5s uh, from the retailers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> but um, speaking of this front office and actual football, um, and I remember you specifically saying, Alex... Um, way, way in the early days of this pod when, you know, we were still prepping for the draft. Um, you were saying, you know, everything is all good. Everything sounds good, but these guys got to play, right? Like they all sound good on paper. They sound like nice captains, nice draft picks, players of the year. Fantastic captain. Like no one cares. It's time to play football for the New York Jets. So we have to see it. And man, like they've been delivering this. The first year, so we had Braden Mann, our punter, who we both knew was going to be our best player. Like, that's no surprise. That late draft pick, punter, we knew he was going to get some minutes this year. Um, he has the highest votes for the um, a Pro Bowl, which will not be played, but incentives are there, and, you know, it's a good look. And also our left tackle, who, to no surprise to anybody, uh, big 77, the big ticket, uh, Mikai Becton. So I'm excited about that. And I'm gonna we're gonna get into it a little bit later. Like Mims and Ashton Davis, not too shabby, man. Not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. And you called it at the beginning of the season. <laughs> Think hold on, just to say just to let you guys know, we started this first week of August, like August fourth, this podcast came out. And John on the first pod said Brandon Mann's gonna be like probably our best player on the team. Like being a little sarcastic, but being a little serious too. And you're right, he's getting the most votes, which is Yo, you called that one. Um, but no, man, like these guys are playing well. Becton, Mims, man, like they're all showing up. This draft class right now, the the way Joe Douglas has ha- handled even Ashton Davis, we're seeing these dudes, you know, Ashton Davis is going to take a little bit more time. He's more of a project to get uh, him up to speed to be playing free or strong safety in that whole realm. But 
Becton, Mann, and Mims. Mims this past weekend, though, is showing that, my God, dude, the, the, the kid can play. And Woo. I'm more excited for Mims because it looks like we may have a wide receiver one in the making. I'm not saying he is yet, but it looks like he, we got a wide receiver one in the making. And this team has been has been dying for a true wide receiver one for a while. Yeah, but yo, don't don't even. I mean, I agree with you on Mims. He looks like an absolute killer out there. But yo, don't sleep on Ashton Davis. Uh, I mean, he had twelve tackles this this past week, which was the most by any rookie in the NFL this year. I'll repeat that. Ashton Davis had more tackles this past week than any rookie in the NFL this year. Like that's a big deal. He's also I don't think any rook, um, Rich uh, Samini from ESPN reported this week um, that only eight. I think he's the eighth rookie since 2000 to have ten or more tackles in a game. Like he, uh, it's a pretty good pick. It's a pretty good pick, man. You know what I mean? And uh, he wasn't our first rounder, top five safety. Like, you know, I'm, I'm really, really excited about the trajectory of this team. Of course, it all starts and ends with firing of Adam Gase. Um, but I think we could all agree to that. But yeah, like, I, I'm not, I'm not even going to sleep on Bryce Hall. And like, he, he, he had a very, very good game this week as well. Like, we, our rookie, our small guys are really showing up. Even P. Ryan, and now he's on IR. Which is sad, but I I think he showed some promise to at least be uh, on the roster next year. Yeah, well, Michael P. Ryan, yo, that touchdown that he had, you know, he showed a little bit of patience. He had a little cut back to get in there within when we were within the ten. And dude, like he 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 he's taking the small steps forward for a rookie running back to show that all right, maybe we got something there. Um, sadly, he's now on IR uh, because of an ankle injury, but. He was showing some promise that game. He, he was getting, he was finding some holes, making some good moves, making some good cutbacks, juking. He was showing some promise. And then, you know, obviously Becton was just doing Becton things. That's why he's being voted for the Pro Bowl, man. The kid is just – yo, he's actually not – I can't even call him a kid. That is a straight-up man. That is a man the way he is playing. He's moving people around. My God. He was take, he was handling everybody pretty well against uh, that Chargers defensive front, all right, which is which is no small task. Yeah, dude, they both started lining up on the other side. Literally, like not, like, not even like as a joke. Like he 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 went against him. Was like, okay, this is not gonna work out. But you know what is gonna work out? That right tackle over there. Which, okay, like we, I'll, I'll start it first. Like you gave me credit for talking about Braden Man. I I I did not like George Font. I was talking I was talking some smack about George Font a couple weeks ago. Man, oh man, <laughs> do I have to be thankful for George Font because. He's been injured, and Adoga's in there, a draft pick from the old regime. Not working out, dude. Not working out. Like, it's just not... Man, it's it's hard to watch, and I'm nervous about Sam Darnold. So how do you feel about Sam Darnold playing this week, dude, with that shoulder? You know, there's obviously some, some concerns with watching Sam Darnold come back, playing with a shoulder, but... If he's healthy enough to play, man, he's got to play. Uh, there's no getting around it. We have to see what we've got in this kid. Uh, it's three years now where his first two years, you know, he's had some injuries where he's missed some time. And this front office needs to get as much data on him as possible to move forward. So having him come back, I'm looking forward to it. I know where it's against a, a hot Dolphins team. Um, but 
I want to see him come back. And I want to see him play with these three wide receivers, man. We got three, we got the healthy wide receivers now. So now I want to see what he can do. Because Flacco, you know, as much as I can give a lot of flack to Flacco, uh, Flacco was looking pretty good, man. And I, if Flacco was getting some yards, he was putting it in the, right in the breadbasket uh, for like Perryman, right on the money for the most part with all those passes. And at this point with all three of those guys back, I want to see Sam Darnold slide in there and make those smart decisions because if Flacco can do it, especially against a tough Chargers front, I know the record doesn't show the Chargers Chargers are a good team, but that front is a monster to play against every single game. When you got a when you got Bosa on the other side, like leading the charge, that is not that is no easy task. So now I want to see Sam Darnold to come back in against the Miami Dolphins. And do something similar to what Flacco did, okay? Flacco, for as much as he was getting pressure, he was still poised. So I want to see Sam Darnold be poised. He's got his receivers now, guys who he's been comfortable with, who he's had the training camp with. I need to see that in order to help make this decision on what are we doing? Are we keeping him if we get the first overall pick or are we going to take Trevor Lawrence? You know, you need to you need to see him play to make that decision. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I, I need Sam Darnold in there. I, I'm excited to see how he's going to do with these guys. And you know, I'm going to tell you who disagrees with your uh, sentiment. <laughs> Adam, Adam Gase, he said that Flacco did bad last week, uh, especially when it came to Crowder. Uh, he said he missed Crowder a bunch um, and like it just wasn't working out there and now he had it uh, with Crowder. So I actually expect a, a better game out of him. And I'm curious as to Perryman. There's been a lot of um, whispers about Perryman being signed, you know, on like a short term next year, like another prove it deal. I, I would love that, man. I would love him in a, in a in a four wide receiver set. You know, just like burn in the back with Mims. Looks like Crowder's gonna be here and the wide receiver we draft. You know what I mean? And Herndon looked pretty good this week. It looked like Herndon hit rock bottom at some point, you know, during the season and um is like finally starting to turn the corner. Which would be a hell of a story, man. A hell of a story for the Jets actually developing their guys. Like, we are developing players at literally every single position. Bless Austin. Maybe he's not working out as the number one. No problem. We move him. Bryce Hall, he's doing fantastic. You know what I mean? Like, we are Ashton Davis, Marcus May. Like, these are all guys we have drafted. You know what I mean? Lange, we didn't draft him, but he's there. Like, just... Uh, you know, Q will. We haven't even mentioned Q will this entire time. He's he's causing havoc, you know, on the line. So I I am excited about the prospect of this team. We have massive holes uh, at center, at right tackle. We're gonna draft another running back, of course. Uh, but I am also like you, excited for Darnold to play. But I mean, what do you think is gonna go on this week, man? We got the the re- the the Dolphins rematch, right? We got another Gore. And Adam Gase, again, with Miami, they torched us last time. Um, they're on a weird trend with this whole Tua-Fitzpatrick thing. Like, they had a good thing going uh, with Fitzpatrick when we played them. Uh, and now they're kind of reeling. Like, Tua had a, such a bad game that Flores benched him for, not for being injured, but straight up because he was bad. Like, and now he's starting again this week. So, you know, Greg Williams on defense and... We have a chip on our shoulder. I, I really believe Frank Gore. Did you see his press conference this past week? He was just like, hey, man, this might be my last year. I'm not trying to lose. 
So, like, you have Frank Gore staring at you in the locker room. Like, you're motivated to win this damn game. So, I, I don't know. I, I have a feeling the Jets are getting better and better and better every week. A, a win is coming, man, and it might be this week. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if a win came this week against the Miami Dolphins. It's a divisional rival. We played against them. We know them very well. And if Tua is playing again, you know, this is the thing about rookie quarterbacks. You can you can beat them, man. It's easy to get them flustered. They're not accustomed to the, the speed of the game yet. That's why Tua had a bad game last week. We've seen this historically. It's just there, all right? And I think with, I think with Tua, right, with the Jets going against Tua, Greg Williams should have an easy, he should have an easy time getting pressure on him just by scheming up some like complex blitzes, showing some different coverages, you know, something just to get Tua off like feeling like a little uneasy. So I expect Greg Williams to come out. I know the defense has not been there. We played Herbert last week, but Herbert's just like on, a, on another level, man. He is that is that guy is like game ready. We did pretty well though. Yeah, we know we did do pretty well. Uh, I'm not saying that it wasn't anything fantastic, which is why I think we could take out Tua because I don't think Tua is that level of Herbert. Um, so yeah, and I, I honestly think that uh, Darnold is is. Heads and shoulders is better than Flacco. I don't think we're giving that enough uh, weight. Yeah, I mean, you said that Adam Gase was upset with Flacco's performance, <laughs> contradicting to what I'm saying. And I know that Flacco had a pick six. I know Flacco had a lot of incompletions. He went 50% uh, against the, the Chargers. But for his age, coming off surgery at the beginning of the season, moving around the way that he did in the pocket and outside of the pocket, uh, you know, making some right decisions to throw the ball away and so forth. I think it was pretty good for based on what this team is at this point. Um, so I do expect Darnold to come back and play. You know, I wanted to play well. Now that he has all of his guys back, we will see what happens. I have faith that Darnold can play better than Flacco. I just need to see it at this point because there's times at the beginning of the season, like we said, Darnold has, been, has moved the ball. He's looked fine between the 20s, right? It's now, what do you do in the red zone, right? Because we see what Flacco can do with the red zone. We had Hearn to get a touchdown. We had Mims get a touchdown. We had P. Ryan get a touchdown. Now is to see, can we get touchdowns at this type of level with Darnold? So that's all we need to see. Yeah, I, I just like, I don't know what we're going to do on third down. Like, are we going to have Ryan Griffin back there? I, I like the block. Like I, I legit don't know. Like we don't have a running back right now. I think we just uh, bumped up Adams from the from the practice squad. Like that's tough. Uh, so I, I, we have a right tackle that's down. So I just need Donald to like just run to the left a lot. Like you know, like whether that's hand it off to Gore or run those you know outside bootlegs to the left. Um, so hopefully, or like you know, they just design some things to get the ball out of his hands quick because I really need Donald to be healthy. Uh, so plus seven, what do you got, man? You think the, you think the Dolphins win by a touchdown or more? I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be a field goal for this game. I don't think it's, uh, anything egregious like the last time we played them. Yeah, we got, we got, uh, we got another Jets cover here, uh, from both of us. I see, um, I see a Mims touchdown this week. Definitely, dude. I mean... Well, let me get into this right now for the offensive side before we start dissecting the def- defensive side of last game because I want to talk about three guys that I was really impressed with. One, Becton is 
up there because the way he, you know, when Bosa has to switch to the other side, you know you got something special, all right? You know you got something special on the on the left side. So he was blocking guys, opening up holes, keep giving uh, Flacco enough time from the left side to get passes off and giving Flacco that opportunity to even roll out to the left a little bit to go f- get that extra time to make a play down the field. Love, love what I saw from Beckham this week. Denzel Mims, my God. I know he was targeted seven times and only caught three of them, but some of those passes, like he was battling all day. Chargers also have a good secondary. It's it's no easy task. Um, like when you got to go face Casey Hayward and everyone out back there, it's, 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 it's not easy. So the fact that he even had that one-hander on the sideline, just like, and just caught it, then went out of bounds, phenomenal. Three catches for 72 yards. I'll take it based on the seven targets just because it was a battle for Denzel Mims that day. So... I got to give it to him. And then, you know, I got to give it just in general to Michael Pirine for like, you know, just showing something and just taking another small step moving forward. It's it's great, man. It's great that we see our young guys starting to just make an impact on the field. I know for Pirine, it wasn't anything spectacular. He had eight attempts for 33 yards, but still seeing some uh, seeing some of the moves and how he was able to find the hole, being patient, especially on that touchdown run. I got to give him credit too. But most of all, I think the number one, number one and number two has to be between Denzel Mims and uh, Makai Becton on the offensive side. Yeah, absolutely. They, they've been, they've, I mean, they made Joe Douglas look like an absolute genius. Uh, and honestly, they are pretty much the only ones making the Jets look competent right now. They're easily our best players on both sides. Um, and they give us something to watch every week. But shout out to P Ryan. I agree with you. He had he had some um, some good progress uh, towards the end. He didn't really solidify the to be the number one starter, but he definitely, in my opinion, solidified a, a depth. You know, he, he's he's going to be on the depth chart. Hopefully, as a number two running back, or like a split carry, depending on who we draft. We're definitely going to be drafting a running back, so look out for that. I'm excited for to draft a running back. I'm excited to draft a right tackle and a left guard to to make Beckton better. You know what I mean? So all these all these pieces are going to make these guys better. Draft another wide receiver to get Mims off the number one because now they're going to start. He didn't have great numbers last week, right? It's still they're still pretty low. Once Beck once Mims starts having those games, they're going to start looking at him. And case in point, I haven't heard you. And everybody else yell about yell about Robbie Anderson for the last four or five weeks. Where you guys been for the for the first six weeks? Every time Robbie Anderson like like blew his nose on the sideline, I was getting a text about it. We would get his stats, tell me he's the best player in the whole entire earth, and like we're like, okay, great. Like, where the Jets are going to get a comp uh, a comp pick for it, a compensatory pick for him? You know what I mean? Because he was signed off the team. Like, no problem. Give me a third or fourth round pick. The Jets made out like bandits. But ever since he was starting to break all those, you know, all those records and then teams started to play him, then DJ Moore started getting into the game and other wide receivers because they started actually guarding Robbie Anderson, giving them the respect that he deserves. So um, I'm hoping that, start, that, that that's definitely going to start happening with Mim. So I'm hoping he gets that bump and then they start taking him seriously. And at the same time, we draft another wide receiver or we sign another number one wide receiver like Kenny Galladay or Juju Smith-Schuster or Allen Robinson, who are all rumored to be free agents this summer. Yeah, I mean, the thing I don't need to beat a dead horse, so I'm not going to complain about Robbie Anderson every single week. 
it's just in the beginning of the week you notice it, especially when he's going for 190 yards with touchdowns and so so forth. You got to mention it. At this point, we know what the, we know what we lost. Okay, the Panthers. Like you can look at his numbers recently and see that they're not the same as he did at the beginning of the season. One, uh, Teddy Bridgewater didn't play this past week, so that's an issue for him having consistency at the quarterback position. We know also with look. As you said, they're starting to give him the respect that he deserves, and he's not that type of guy who's physical at the line. So we, I just know it's a burner that we could have had for consistency. Showing He just showed that he's good. But I agree, man. Look, we're going to get a comp, uh, compensatory pick for him, so that will be nice. You know, it's at this point, it's just – the only thing I, I ask from that is from Douglas to be better when it comes to, like, projecting what these guys are going to do moving forward, all right? That's what you got to do as a, as a GM. You know, we, you see the past production, so we already have a baseline. If it's been consistent, it's – can they take that next step and move forward? That's what he's got to be better at doing. We see that drafting and scouting so far with these young guys. He's knocked them out of a park. Now it's when you have that guy and it's time to pay him, can you actually make that decision of like what you're going to see him doing forward? That's the next step that we got to see from him. But, you know, so far so good. I got I got nothing about that. But, hey, I don't know. You got, yeah, that, that's, yeah, I, I agree with you. You got, you have uh, some guys on the defensive side. Uh, you you uh, want to talk about uh, before we move on to uh, Jags Browns for sure. So got to give got to give the shout out to who you said Ashton Davis. I know I I know I was saying that he still has to develop and he had that twelve tackles for a game as a rookie, which is very impressive. You said first time, right? Um, love what he showed this game. Love that he's able to get into the box. Love that he's able to make to just give out. Uh, contact and make it just stop guys from gaining yardage and especially against a team like the Chargers with wide receivers like Keenan Allen you know uh, Mike Williams you got Henry you got uh what's his name um uh, who's the tight end uh Henry Hunter uh you got all these guys that you're, you're you're matching up against so it's no easy team especially when Herbert's been showing that he's a legit quarterback so good stuff by him Q will Q will got to give him the shout out too especially when he recovered that fumble on the on the block punt and who is that who who blocked the punt your boy right there Henry Anderson coming out of nowhere saying yo I heard John Malika last week I'm gonna come out here and show him what I can do so <laughs> gotta give a shout out to Q will as well um another dude I mean, and then I was definitely I was definitely gonna go into uh Henry Anderson like he shoved me the hell up I've been talking about him Literally all year, I've been trying to get him off the squad all year. I think he got lucky for staying on the squad because of our injuries. And then I was trying to trade him at the trade deadline. And then I was complaining that he doesn't do anything. Finally comes out, blocks that punt. And I was like, yo, let's go, Henry Anderson. Because I was so excited when we first got him. I was like, oh, he's going to be perfect in this scheme. But then once we switched to Greg Williams, I was like, oh, it's over. Like, it's just, that's why, that's why we were able to get him because they switched to a similar scheme. And then Henry Anderson was no longer able to fit. Push him to the Jets where he was okay. And then we switched back uh, scheme with Greg Williams. Like, okay, it's over. And he finally showed up last week. So I, I agree with you. Shout out to Henry Anderson. Yeah, and then for my last one, Henry Anderson gets an honorable mention just because he was like, he made that block punt. Phenomenal play. Um, last one is uh, Lange. Um, I like I like Lange. I like, the, I like Harvey Lange, what he's been showing. He's been able to disrupt getting into the backfield. So very impressive. Need to see more, but... Got to give him a shout out for getting 11 tackles this past game, eight solo, three assists. Yo, you get the you get the nod. I see you. I see you disrupting in the backfield, especially when you got to stop uh, Adam Gase's guy, uh, Kalen Balaj, in the backfield. All right, you're getting you're getting. 
We didn't get we didn't give uh, Balaj the revenge game. We didn't give it to him. Thank you, Langy, for helping. All star Balaj over here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for sure, I agree with you, yo. I need Langy on my team next year. Langy, Cashman, C.J. Mosley, and Peanut. I, I I need some from Peanut. I know he's limited in practice this week too. I need to see something from you, man. Like, let's go. It's time. All right. Like, let let's let's. We're gonna need a win, and it's it's gonna have to come from these guys. And that brings us to our next problem, man. Because we keep talking about it, and it's gonna become a reality really soon. Like, if we get the win, like it could happen this week. And if the Jags keep losing, like we lose that tiebreaker. We have. Um, there is a list, uh, on the internet, uh, with who we should root for every single week, uh, for our, um, strength of schedule tiebreaker to get lower and lower. But I'm going to tell you right now what we really need to happen. We really need our Jacksonville Jaguars this week to take down the Browns, man. What do you got this week? We got Glennon starting, right? They don't want Minshew in there. They don't want to put him in there. Luton can't play football. So now we got Mike Glennon. We got Baker Mayfield on the other side. Also not looking fantastic. It's Honestly, both teams are just about the same with the running back situation. The Browns have some really, really, really good defenders that are out. Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. On the other side, the Jags have a lot of injuries too, including most notably uh, Josh Allen. He's out. Uh, he got hurt last week. So... If we get that win, man, we need the Jaguars to do something. So what do you what do you got in this game? We're we're huge Jaguars fan. Duval Nation, baby. Oh man. I don't know, man. Honestly, like, even against the The Jaguars are such an interesting team, man, because you know it's just gonna be it's just every game with the Jaguars is just a hodgepodge mess. And I can't stand it because it can go either way. And I it's so hard to even get a, a freaking read on the on this team. Uh, and there, mm. mm. I hate it. I know they're playing the Browns. I could see them beating the Browns, though. I could see, I could see them doing it. Um, the Browns are just like, how are the Browns winning all these games, man? How? I, I tell you, man, they're falling up. This is a team that's just falling up. I'm not saying they're good. They're just falling up. Seven and three. Seven and three. That you, like. If the Pittsburgh Steelers weren't 10 and 0, like Cleveland would be battling for the division. Like, how is this possible? They have to start losing games. It has, that has to happen. Dude, it's just because I called them a sleeper team. So they got to help me just get to 8 and 8. So that they just heard, they just heard that I had confidence in them. They're like, wow, a Jets fan has confidence in us. We got to do it for him, man. We got to do it for him. Um, I, well, it's plus six and a half right now. So it's Cleveland by a touchdown. Yeah, it's Cleveland by a touchdown, but I'm expecting Jacksonville to get this win. Honestly, I'm, there's something telling me I'm expecting there's something I'm expecting Jacksonville to get this win just because it's going to be ugly. It's not. It's it's just really just going to be an ugly game. So and they're and they are in Duval, like they're in Jacksonville, they're in Duval Nation. So they're gonna come home. They're gonna they got to do something for their team. They got to do something for the fan base. And this is gonna this is gonna be it, man. They're gonna get that win against the Browns. I could just see the Browns just honestly fumbling and stumbling along the way. They're, the Browns are due for a game that is not only ugly, but doesn't go their way. And what else than a trap game against the Jacksonville Jaguars? It's just it's just got it feels like it's got the writing on the wall. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I agree with you. They had, they've had a couple sloppy games. Like you said, that they won two in a row, one versus Houston and one versus Philly, 10-7 and then 22-17. Uh, I, I, without Denzel Ward, Jacksonville likes to sling it. And it's Glennon is playing for his career at this point. So I, I'm really thinking about taking the most disgusting bet of all time. I know you'll call me out on bets this week, but I'm, I might be taking the most disgusting bet of all time, man. The Jets and Jaguars money line parlay. I think I actually might do it. <laughs> you, you better go take a shower for even saying that. Jesus. My God. I think that's happening, man. I, th- I think the Jets are about to get their first win, and I think the Jags going to get their second. I, I need a shower. Jesus. Uh, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I can't even think about betting on Jags and Jets. Disgusting. <laughs> it's happening, uh, man. Oh, my God. All right. I, I, is there anything else you got to cover? Or uh, I mean, I'm, I'm good on that. I, uh, I, think, I think we pretty much... Uh, Got the Jets and the and the Jags, and we we both have them covering both games. Uh, you have the Jags winning. You wouldn't be surprised about the Jets winning, but when I say put money on it, you freak out. But I'm doing it, man. I'm doing it. Uh, I just don't. I can't. It's putting money on these teams is just. I can I can feel it. I would not put money on it just because. Direction of what these teams do, I. It's just. You're just you're just asking for trouble, man. That that's all. They're not guarantees, but I can feel it in my bones. That's all I'm saying. But if we're done, if we're done with the Jets segment, let's move on to the Etc. segment, where we just gotta go through our teams, uh, get or not through our teams, but go through games that we like, and you know we're gonna talk about who who we see as divisional winners and what we see going forward. So, John, do you want to move forward with the divisional winners first, and then we can go into games that we like, and then asking you for games to bet on this weekend well yeah i just i mean I don't, I don't think we need to go through all the divisions i just specifically need to ask about the nfc at least man who do you got winning that division right now um when this podcast when this podcast comes out as you're listening to it you know the winner of washington and dallas uh so you're sitting at a kind of an advantage to us right now but like alex like uh who, I don't know who cares who won this game. I have Washington winning, but who cares who won? Um, who do you think is going to win the division? Can the can the answer be none? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I honestly I think whoever is whoever wins it, I think is going to win a playoff game. But we'll we'll get to that later. Oh my god, you got someone winning a playoff game? You got, happened last happened last time. You got someone from the NFC East winning a playoff game? My happened goodness. last. Oh man, nine, I I know. You know, this would be like this would be throwing it back to the beat. The Saints. Yeah, I know. This is that yeah, it's going back to the Beastquake with the Seattle Seahawks, man. Against the, I know seven to nine team did it. I know, but we're talking about Marshawn Lynch, man. We're talking about Beast Mode over there. The Giants were nine and seven when they were winning games. They won the Super Bowl. Ah, they were. They're at least a winning team. Nine and seven is winning. Come on, you're telling me what? something. For, these I two- think it's, who's gonna win it? Who's gonna win it? <laughs> You know, hold on, hold on. We're, we're asking about these four teams in the same division, the NFC East, who are like all just like fumbling the ball. Like, I don't want like hot potato, just like, uh, uh, playoffs are different, man. Playoffs are, playoffs are different. You're going to walk into that game. You're going to make one mistake or two and you, you might lose that game to the NFC least. <laughs> I got, uh, I guess if I had to select a team, it has, it's Philadelphia's to lose, man. They're the only most. I don't know. It, it, to me, it's got to be Philadelphia's to lose. It's it's not it's not the Washington football team. It's not the Dallas Cowboys. 
and it's not the New York Giants. All right. Those teams are just throwing it all into the wind, just like maybe something happens. The Eagles Dude. are the only team. Hold on. The Eagles are the only team with the legit starting quarterback like Carson Wentz that can actually like do something. And I'm not saying that he's even good this season. I'm just saying he's the only legit like this is the this is the this is the franchise quarterback that we're building around that we're having lead the team. Oh my god, if you could see this right now, John just cannot believe what I'm saying. He's ready to like tear me a new one. Yo, Carson Wentz is the best quarterback in this division. Sadly, yes, I think so. Oh my okay. I am the okay. Uh, I used to really like Daniel Jones at Duke. Okay, I used to watch a lot of him at Duke. I still watch Duke football for some dumb reason. Right, <laughs> I I thought he was okay. I think it was a reach for him to get him. I believe that he is addicted to turnovers, absolutely addicted to turnovers. He's better than Carson Wentz. He's just better. He's just better at football than Carson Wentz. Like it's just a fact. You you don't think Andy Dalton fits? And you think Andy Dalton is behind Carson Wentz? I honestly like, I don't know. Like honestly, I think I would take a healthy Andy Dalton over Carson Wentz. I would like not, just, I would, just I would the way take, it looks like. I would take a Carson Wentz over Andy Dalton any day in this division. I just I cannot I cannot go with Andy Dalton, man. Dude, if Andy Dalton was on the Eagles, they would be they would have three more wins. I mean, sure. Okay, like that's it right there. And if Carson sure. Carson Wentz was on the Cowboys, they'd have the same exact amount of wins. <laughs> like that's uh. all. I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I can't really, I don't like Andy Dalton for the last couple of years. Like, sure, he's been steady, he's been consistent. We know what he is. I still don't see him leading the the Eagles. I choose the Eagles to win because they're more. I feel like out of the dog shit teams that we have in the NFC East, they're at least a more complete dog shit team that they are. Uh, and I just, I don't know. I for no, I do know. I just, I've seen Andy Dalton play. He's he is he's consistent. To an extent where it's like mediocre, like he—that's it. He had a couple good playoff appearances and didn't take them any any further in the NFC North in the AFC North. And he's not do, like I know he's been injured. I know he, with the Cowboys, the Cowboys as a whole is just not a good team. If I'm looking at a whole team, if you could put up 40 points on the Cowboys and they have to come back out of that hole to come compete, they're not they're not going far. I just don't see it. Is Danny Jones? Danny Jones is, as you said, turnover prone. You can't win if you have too many turnovers, right? I mean, you, if you turn the ball over left and right, whether it's on the on the ground or through the air, it's not going to help you win games. At least with the Eagles, like they're bad, but I know at least well, I know what I'm getting. I guess it's going to come down to schedule, right? Well, and I, I don't think we're giving enough credit to Washington. That's why I think this is so interesting uh, because, like, if Washington beats the Cowboys today. Right. Then Washington gets that little bump up. The Giants are like, and the Eagles are looking good. And the Cowboys play the Ravens, probably another L. And then they got Bengals, 49ers, should be two wins if they're, you know, if, if they have any chance. And then they have the Eagles and Giants. So like, th- like, the, I think that, you know, the division's going to be won and lost in those two games. Uh, but I don't, I don't. I don't think it's as uh, easy as you say for the Eagles because the Giants have the Bengals coming up this week with no Joe Burrow mm-hmm. in the first game. Then they got the Seahawks, L. Then they got the Cardinals, Browns, Ravens, and Cowboys. I don't, I don't know. Those just seems like if the Giants can get like the, uh, two of those, they're going to get the Bengals, right? And then if they can get two of 
Seahawks, Cardinals, Browns, Ravens. If they can get two of those, I feel like that one of them is going to be the Browns. If they can just find one more W in there and then beat the Cowboys week 17 for the division. Seems likely to me. Um, I, my, I guess it, it comes down to who I trust that quarterback. I just really don't trust the, the Cowboys offensive line still. Uh, I don't trust. I, 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 I trust Joe Judge as the best. Okay. Who's, who's your best coach? You got, you got Carson Wentz as your best back. All right. I, and I, I'll say I would rather take, I'll take Daniel Jones. I really take Andy Dalton. I'll, I'll take Andy Dalton there. You got Wentz. I got Dalton. Who do you guys the best coach? It has to go Doug Peterson, right? I mean, he won the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, but <laughs> I think I'm going Joe Judge, man. I really like what Joe Judge is doing with this Giants team. Like how he's like coaching them right now, how they're playing and how they're looking up. He would be my number two coach. He's definitely my number two coach in the division. I think I got to give it to Doug Peterson because he is a proven winner. He's got a Super Bowl. I think it's hard to take away a Super Bowl win, especially recently against the Patriots, to say that he's not a good coach. I think it's more of the t- <laughs> the indication of the team as a whole just not playing well. Um, Joe Judge, still unproven, but I, like, I agree with you. I like what he's doing with the New York Giants. I do like what he's doing with the New York Giants. I will not take that away. I'll, that's why I put him at the number two, though. So he's close. He's close, though. Okay. All right, but uh, last thing on the team on those on the NFC least because we're spending way too much time on this horrible division. But do you think uh, do you think that Alex Smith is not getting any enough praise? Like Alex Smith is doing pretty well over there. He's 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 throwing more than he's ever thrown in his life. Um, their defensive line is scary with Chase Young over there. Uh, he's not, they're not talking about them at all. Uh, Riverboat Ron. Like they could, they could, they could do some things over there. I, I, I really like them. Uh, I, I think it's a super, super interesting division. I think there's going to be wins and losses, massacres all over this place. I see Washington winning uh, as you're listening to this right now. Um, and then, I, I, but I see the Giants like sneaking away with this somehow. Week 17, W versus the Cowboys. If the Giants win the division, I will gladly put money on them winning a playoff game because they are the team that I, I, I would. That's what I'm saying. But you see, I mean, here's the thing. I just don't see. I, I can't see them get until I see them there. Where I'd be like, all right, can I do it? I, can I see them winning? Can I see the Giants of all these teams that we're naming right now winning, being the one of the four teams in the NFC least to win a game? Absolutely. If you're giving me any other team, they're losing that wild card game first. I'll I'll guarantee it. Whether it's the Eagles, Cowboys, or the football team. It's funny I have to say the football team. Uh, Yo, Stephen, losing. all wrong this morning. Yo, and Max was trying to correct him. He just kept saying the R words all day, and Max was like, "No, the football team." Uh, yeah, no, I, I can see them, but I can see that because the Giants have that. It's just something in that team that they have like that's magic. That's like, all right, guys, time to come together and really make a really make a stand. But I think if you're gonna ask me for, for if you're gonna ask me. Best quarterback, I gotta go Carson Wentz just because he was close to that. He had that MVP type caliber season. I still think it's in there, and he's shown the arm strength, the talent to move out. I just the Eagles are just befuddling to like really like watch. If you're gonna ask me the second best quarterback, it's probably a tie between Alex Smith and Daniel Jones, just because Daniel Jones does have the talent to be good. It's just that if he limited his turnovers, man. He is truly Eli's clone, man. Truly Eli's clone. Just turnover prone. Got the deep runs ball. A lot. Huh? But he runs. He runs a lot. Yeah, he runs more than. Yeah, he's the modern day Eli. All right, he runs more. He's he's more athletic. You know, he's still turnover prone. If he gets if he 
if he gets the, if he if he gets that fade down perfectly, that fade pass, uh, it's all over. I will. Th- that is the man to run with for the rest of the, the, the of the franchise. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he has a money throw. Uh, you're absolutely right. He's like the millennial 2020 Eli, where you could like run, but then like that you, that comes with mad turnovers. I, I agree with you. Um, any any running back works like offensive line that's kind of shoddy. We can still make it happen. Like we can make some some wide receivers that are not going to be too happy with us. Right, we're not gonna. We're, we're just gonna make the right play. We're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna spread it evenly. We're just gonna make the right play. But, but let, let's stick to quarterbacks. You were laughing last week uh, when Taysom Hill was starting over Jameis, and Taysom Hill looked pretty, pretty. <sighs> what do you think? Uh, he is, you know, Henry and Henry Anderson made you eat his your words. Uh, Taysom Hill is making me eat my words. So I guess he can play quarterback. Um, do you trust it for next game, or do you think that's like a one game thing? Because there's no tape on him. Like we, you know, there was no tape, so now there I know, is. There's no tape, so I'll, he's probably gonna have another good game because there's very limited tape on him. So I wouldn't be surprised if he had another game. I'm not buying it yet. I'm just not buying it yet. It's um, the thing. Like he, I was listening to NFL Ringer. Uh, Ryan Chazier was going off about how he was talking to uh, a medical trainer who he was like well, he had no he has no reason to lie to me. Um, and talking about like all those broken ribs that Drew Brees has, and like even if he healed in that timeline, like one hit and like they're all broken again, like literally one hit, and like even all the padding, like isn't really gonna work out. And so like Ryan Chazier, who you know knows more about football than any of us, um, he was saying that like it doesn't seem likely. So do you think that Taysom Hill gets them to the regular season and is also their playoff quarterback? What worries me is like. I just don't trust the Saints at all now because what's going to happen is, in my opinion, is they're going to he's going to he's going to have a bad half, bad game when it matters, when they need the W or in the playoffs, and they're going to be fumbling. Let's bring in Jameis. This guy stinks. Michael Tom's going to be freaking out. You know what I mean? So like I'm worried about that. But if they do just stay with him and they're all like, "Yo, Taysom is my court is our quarterback no matter what," and like they're really into it. if he has like two three good games, you know, kind of you know what I mean, and they're like with it. Uh, I I could see them doing damage in the playoffs and then losing to like uh, a real team. But yo, the Saints and the and the NFC least team get matched up. NFC least team can start winning games, dude. That's not like you know what I'm saying. Like I I don't like I'm not gonna be like trusting trusting uh the Saints. Who who's your who's your NFC team? Like who do you, who do you think is coming out of the NFC in general? Like as like the dog to like go all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, like who's your who's your who's your best team, and then, and then I'm gonna ask you about uh, who do you think the team to be in the AFC is? Like who who uh, who do you think is uh, on those sides? I think the team in the NFC is gonna be Tampa Bay because th- just the way Tampa Bay has all those weapons and how they've been playing, they've been showing out. I know they had that one game where they put up a donut, but they've been playing pretty well. And for the AFC. That's tough, man. I, I I have to like I know I said the Ravens as a Super Bowl prediction. I could see them doing it, but that offense really needs to start clicking, man. That offense needs to start. They might not make the playoffs. Forget Super Bowl. The Ravens might not make the playoffs. I know, and that's the thing. So I'm gonna have to go back to the Chiefs, man, because the Chiefs have been the only team that's been consistently winning, even though it's not in uh like in spectacular. What I know they didn't look. I I know I I the ten and zero, and you give you're disrespecting them. Yes, the Steelers are really good. I know the Steelers are really good. I could see them doing it too. 
You're, that's a fair point. I could see them doing it too. That's a very fair point. Very, very fair point. And uh, look, it's either between the Chiefs or the the Steelers. So that's very fair. I could see I could see them. Thank you for reminding me about the Steelers being ten and zero. That's honestly, I hear ten and zero, and it's like it's still just like a magical thought. That I'm like, really, we still have an undefeated team this season. That's that's impressive. But to get, I actually want to touch on that Tyson. Thigh Jets. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I have to touch on that. Tyson Hill point for the Saints though because you mentioned if there's a bad half that they'll put Jameis Winston in there's already been a report saying that there's some people in the organization that believe that Jameis Winston should have had the chance to start and earn the position this past game and even feeling the same for this upcoming game so you're right and with that type of you know that type of like commotion going around the organization I wouldn't put any money on them. Like they might, they probably still will. W- no, they won't because you got Tampa Bay now uh, for the South. Tampa Bay is like now the clear front runner to like take that division. I feel like in my eyes because you got Tom you Brady. Think, it's consistent. Huh? You think you think Tom's going to get it together? I think he will get it together. I think he will get it together. I think that team is well enough. They're talented enough to get it together and take it. Um, the Saints. I, I just don't buy Tyson Hill yet. I need to see another I need to see two more games of like consistent production like this until I could say, you know, I'll I'll at least buy it. Um for now. For this season at least. But yeah, so I, I, I think I, I think for the AFC it's between the Chiefs and the Steelers. I'll probably go I'm gonna go with the reigning champs uh Chiefs just because Steelers is like so dependent on Big Ben staying healthy and we all know but Huh? So those the Chiefs. Yeah, but at least, I, you know, like, the thing with the Chiefs is, like, I've seen, like, Pat Mahomes come back during a season. When, ba- when Big Ben gets hurt, it's like, he may come back, he comes back, gets hurt again. You know, that we've seen this. Before. Yeah, yeah. That's true. So. I killers though. So, I'll, I'll, I mean, it's easy to take for them right now, but I just love Tomlin, dude. I just, I just like, really like Tomlin, Yo, and, I, and I trust. love Tomlin. Yeah, and I just trust a good defense. So, and the NFC on your NFC point, I don't know if I trust Tom right now, but I like I, it's just such a good story. I really don't trust Green Bay. Chicago doesn't have a quarterback. If they did, Chicago would be great. Yo, Chicago is literally the old school Jets, dude. They are the Mark Sanchez Jets. I feel so bad for them. Like they got the miss kick stuff going on, like Doug Bryan. Like they got now they have Mark Sanchez in. Like I feel so bad for them because I'm staring at them. Like they're just they're just the old school Jets, dude. You're gonna make it. You're gonna make it far in the NFC, dude, and it's gonna look good. And then it's just gonna you're gonna fall flat on your face, and it's gonna hurt. So yeah. I, I I already send out my my sympathy towards Bears fans. Yeah, and then if you look at the NFC West with the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Rams, and uh, it was the Cardinals, Rams, Seahawks, and the 49ers. That's a the Seahawks defense is yikes. That's all I got to say about that. Yikes! You can't have Russell Wilson being magical every game. You got to show some consistency on the other side of the ball. But I think uh, I think we spent enough time on this uh, on this topic. So let's move on to uh, a couple marquee games this week that uh, want to touch on. Let's stick with let's stick uh, with first with the with the Monday night. We got Seattle at Philly. Uh, we've been talking about them a little bit. Uh, Seattle's minus five. Uh, what do you think, man? I, I I think Seattle's gonna actually the, the over uh, is fifty. I think it's gonna go over and Seattle. That, that that's I I don't I don't see Philly doing anything. 
I think Seattle's finally going to come together like you think. I think Jamal Adams is actually going to have a game because it's prime time. And Russell Wilson is going to absolutely murder it. Yeah, I like Seattle for this game. Um, because, one, they're going against the Eagles, and the Eagles are in that terrible division, and they're also a terrible team. So this is an easy win, in my opinion, for the Seahawks. What's the spread on this one, John? Five. It's minus five. five. So that means Seahawks have to win by six or more. Yeah, I can see. I can see the Seahawks doing that. There's no way, in my opinion, that the Eagles can even keep up offensive. Well, I don't. I wouldn't say that. Not offensively. I just don't see the Seahawks. I don't see the Eagles keeping up in general. I don't know which side of the ball it will be though. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I'm, I'm on Seattle, but the some and the Sunday night game is uh, Chicago at Green Bay. Green Bay minus eight and a half. They have to win by nine or more. What do you got there? So Green Bay has to win by nine or more. I see it being a close game because the Bears' defense is just dominant. Um, so I see it. I see. I see the under on this one, and I see Green Bay still winning. Yeah, I actually uh, give me Chicago and and the money line. I see Chicago winning this game. Really? Um, yeah, Chicago could easily win. Uh, I agree. It's going to be close. Uh, Green Bay just came over another close game with Indy, uh, but. You know, that's the kind of, I mean, honestly, this game and the next game I'm about to mention are like, are really, uh, we'll, we're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn a lot this week because if Chicago and Green Bay have a close game and Green Bay again can't pull it out and Chicago does pull it out, like that's a, that's a recurring theme this year where Chicago's winning these disgusting, gritty, awful games and Green Bay's losing those disgusting, gritty, awful games. You know what I mean? And, and those those are what make the difference in the season. So um, they opened at minus seven. They got pushed to eight and a half, which means everybody loves Green Bay. Give me Chicago. Give me the money line. Um, Foles, and maybe if Foles doesn't do it, I've been screaming it for years, man. Not years, weeks. Put Foles in the second half and start Mitch in the first half. I like I, I like I don't know. He's amazing in the first half when they had the scripted plays, and Nick Foles is amazing in crunch time. Just do it. it it'll it'll be the like no one will be able to ever stop you. Two game plans. You you mastered it on offense already. It'll be so hard to game plan against it. Another marquee the, game. Oh, that ahead. would just that just be the wildest thing in the NFL if we start getting two quarterback systems where it's like, all right, we got a guy for the first half and we got a guy for the second half. That's legitimately like game changing just like forward thinking i don't actually i won't put forward thinking because that actually means it's good a good idea i won't say that's a good idea but it's just it's just game changing i'm telling you man it's a, it's the way to go when you have quarterbacks you just like that's that's the bill belichick way i'm sorry to say like you 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 fit it towards your quarterback like one quarterback is just significantly better in the first half than the other guy in the second half and it's like so clear and obvious for whatever reason so just do it uh, but one of the other crazy marquee games this week is KC at Tampa. That's a four o'clock game. Uh, it's minus three and a half KC, so they have to win by four or more. Uh, if Tampa loses by a touchdown, they cover. Uh, what do you got there? I got Kansas City winning this game just because they're a more consistent team than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You already pointed it out earlier it, by asking me if. I, do I think Tom's going to get it together and that team's going to get it together? So they still got to work out some kinks. The Chiefs, once again, been consistent. We've seen this. They're the super, they're the reigning champs, and they've been consistent 
so far. So I don't see why they I don't I don't see why the Chiefs can't win this game. I know that, you know, what was it? They they barely got out against uh, the, the Raiders, but they're just the more consistent team, man. Uh, I, I just see it. OK, yeah, I, th- this is a tough one to choose. I'd probably go Tampa just because it's a three. I would just take the three, but I don't know. As it gets closer, it'd probably be hard to bet against Mahomes. Um, but yeah, I, that my the, the actual best game like this after the Bears, the actual best game that I like to bet on uh, for this week is New Orleans at Denver. Denver is plus six. Dogs at home at mile high. Uh, I don't think the Saints know what's coming up there. I don't think Taysom knows what's coming up there. Give me Denver and the money line there. Okay. Solid. That's solid. So uh, I could see. Quarterback controversy begins this week, baby. It's going to start in New Orleans. Yeah. So you got Denver winning this game. Um, I could see Denver winning this game just because. Don't, don't know, man. I just don't know about Taysom Hill. Like, he shut me up last week, but I need to see more. I don't know if it's – you know, there's those fluke games. Look, we, we were the team that knows fluke games. We, we, we saw the first year of Geno Smith, okay? So, we, we know what it's about. Um, but I could, see, I could see the Broncos winning this one. All right. So, are there any more games? So, what, what three games would you bet on this week? I know you said the Broncos, uh, Saints – well, yeah. So out of my out of my dogs, like just like do, like dogs that I really like are the Bears spread and the Bears money line, Denver spread and Denver money line. I think those are like nice sharp bets. Um, Buffalo minus five and a half uh, versus Chargers at home, coming off a bye. That 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 kind of looks good to me. We'll see how that week goes by. But like out of my best picks, I would say Chicago and Denver. But personally, I'm gonna take a disgusting, awful uh, Jags Jets spread and money line parlay. We'll see what happens there. Uh, out of hope, um, I think the Giants should murder Cincinnati minus six. I think that's a good one as well. Um, so Buffalo minus five and a half. Uh, Giants minus six would be like those like uh, bets that. Uh, like for favorites that I don't think aren't too bad. And honestly, Vegas, man, Vegas at Atlanta. Vegas looked pretty good last week. They're pretty pissed. Uh, they lost. Uh, their defense is, uh, pretty nice. They can kill Matt Ryan. And if Julio Jones leaves the game at any point, the Falcons literally have no idea what to do on offense. So, and I don't know. I don't know if the Falcons defense can literally handle like rugs and Aguilar like running down. I don't know if they're going to catch it. But I don't know if they can handle them running down. Jacobs has been good, so I, I I think I'll I think I'll go with that. So favorites: Vegas Giants and Buffalo Bills dogs. I got Bears, Denver, and then close your nose and take the Jets and Jaguars. All right. So those are the picks for John this weekend and what he's going to be betting on. And I think that wraps it up for another Knicks, Jets, etc. episode, buddy. Um, I know Man, I gotta go down. I know I gotta go down and go help uh, help with the family right now. Get some preparing uh, going. I'm here in the the wonderful studio that is located in uh, White Plains, New York, back in my hood, not the Boston hood that John likes to 
try to point me towards. Let's get that right no. for the record. No, I have you. I have you pinned in with the Westchester Knicks. Come on. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Home, home of the Westchester Knicks, right over here. But thank you, everyone. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers for tuning in for another episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. For another Jets episode, please uh, tune in for this weekend for another Knicks episode of this podcast. And once again, happy Thanksgiving. Hope we're hopefully you're home, spending with your loved ones, doing your time. Uh, you know, just enjoying this beautiful day, getting ready for some football. And yeah, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. It's Friday. Yeah, it's Friday, but I'm telling you for right now that I hope you all enjoying your Thanksgiving. You will be hearing this on Friday, but have a happy Thanksgiving. From everyone from the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast, John, myself, and our producer, Ricey. All right? So, later, everyone. Let's go, Jets.